The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to 442 Insider, where we take you behind the scenes at Australia's top football publication. This week we've been working harder than Mark Viduka's agent, which I'm not sure is that hard, um, covering news on the Socceroos, the Hyundai A-League and international football. I'm Editor-in-Chief Paul Hansford and this week I'm joined by publisher Andy Jackson, web editor Kevin Ayres and a special guest, executive producer of Fox Sports Football, Murray Shaw. Hello, lads. Hi, mate. As you may or may not know, I've been off for a couple of weeks, so my football knowledge is uh, probably down to the level of the sports editor of the Daily Telegraph, so I'm going to be relying on the lads here to fill me in on all the news that's been going on in the last week. First up... uh, That was a holiday, mate. Fantastic. Uh, uh, I heard that you mentioned I was going to a place called Crabs. Which is great. Um, herpes next year would be uh, just as good. So. I didn't see a picture of you bringing down a tone of what looked like a lovely resort in a Spurs shirt. So. Yeah, Facebook. well, I was treated like a god after that. So, um, well, look, onto the um, onto the week's news, uh, hot off the presses from our website, au.442.com. And uh, the first story that we've got here is uh, from the other side of the country, Perth. And uh, skipper Jacob Burns insisting that he's going to be working very hard to bring finals football back to the west side. So, uh, think that they can do it? Um, certainly got the best chance it would look like. I must admit, I'm, it's almost like this week I hate. I'm ready for the season to kick off now. <laughs> I've, I've done enough previewing. I just want to watch a game because I think, you know, as we've talked about in the last few weeks, it's shaping up to be the best season that we've had yet from a football perspective. Certainly you've got four or five sides that have recruited well that have got, you know, what on paper look like good teams. Perth being one of those, you know, so I think um, I just want the next sort of week to go as quickly as possible and, and get down and watch the first game. Mm. I think you've got to give full credit to the Perth boss, Tony Sage. He's basically given David Mitchell and the Perth fans absolutely everything they want this year. He's given them some good pre-season matches against top-class opposition. He's gone out and got a few returning Socceroos. He's got a couple of overseas superstars as well. And it's almost as though Tony Sage is saying this season is the last roll of the dice. If this doesn't work, it'll never work over here. And I think it's going to be really interesting. And I cannot wait to watch Perth this season. On, on that note, I did see something from the from the WA press yesterday where they've come out and, and sort of challenge, almost challenged the fans because the season to sales haven't been as good as they hoped mm. um, and they sort of said you know what more do you want you know you've said that you know we, we we haven't recruited well we've gone out we've brought back three socceroos you know we, we've, we've put our money where our mouths is and and now it's up to you to back us but I think they still need to see the team go out and start winning Kev do you think that's the key though getting the fans the, the fans behind the team because it's been I know that we've ridiculed them in the past for uh, not kind of getting behind the, the team And uh, I think that's unfair to be honest I mean Perth despite everything you know they've had shocking four seasons uh, so far in the A-League and yet still get 7,000 regular and that's pretty impressive I think mm. under the circumstances and I think it will improve over the if they start getting results you can see that figure potentially doubling by the end of the season if they uh, up in the top four I think they should make finals I'd be very surprised if they're not competing for the uh, at least the premiership by the end of the season and, and a relatively surprising <laughs> recruiting class do you think I mean considering that like as you said the abysmal 
nature of their seasons before to go out and get who they've got. I think Murray's, I think Murray's spot good. on. You know, Tony's given uh, Dave Mitchell carte blanche, bring whoever you can in and uh, let's see what we can do. Uh, let's not go down without a fight. And they've done brilliantly. Dave Mitchell's done a superb job to persuade a lot of these guys to come back. And to get them all under the salary cap. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the interesting thing there is Dave Mitchell um, was whinging about a year ago that that you can't get anyone to Perth that's so far away that therefore they should have some exemptions in the salary cap. Yet all of a sudden he's got three returning Socceroos, he's got Victor Sikor, he's got Branko Jelic who apparently just actually uh, landed on his doorstep, literally. Um, so he's done very, very well and you've got to give full credit really to Dave Mitchell. Yeah. Do you think the, um, Kevin mentioned it a second ago, finals bound or too many, too many good teams above him, do you think? I would, I would also say to Perth fans... It, it'll take time. They're not mm. going to come and start winning games immediately because they've got a basically a new look side. And you look at it, some other teams around the traps, uh, City being one, and I guess the Brisbane Roar being another. They haven't made a lot of changes yet. Perth have made a lot. So as we've seen, you know, everywhere around the world, it'll take some time. I'd have liked to see them do more in pre-season than they've done, to be honest. I think uh, they've had a limited pre-season. I'm not sure they've had time properly to gel yet. I think we'll be, you know, the end of round seven before we really see them knowing what the best living is, what the best formation is, and settling down to some serious wins. A long, the longer season will benefit them from the, in that regard because they've got six rounds extra this year, so yeah. they get off to a bit of a slow start. There's plenty of time to, to catch up. I think the odd thing is uh, Jacob Burton's been made captain. I didn't see that coming, to be honest. Yeah. I'm quite surprised by it. Chris Coyne, though, who was the U's captain, Colchester United's captain, he would have, you would think, be the obvious choice. You get Jamie Harnwell as well, who's your past captain and was excellent in the role. Uh, and Sturge, as well as being uh, Marquis, would have been potential captain material. Jake and Burns would have been a large outsider for me, but they've obviously seen something there that yeah. we don't. Moving on, back east, uh, Sydney FC. Story on our website <coughs> this week is um, Kofi Danning, one of the new young guns of Sydney FC. He's been playing fantastic for club and country. Is this the the new face or the new era for for Sydney FC? Is he the poster boy for this? I think he certainly could be. I tell you, what, I think it's a sign of how far he's come that we would actually look at Sydney FC and say that you know they will be a weaker side without him while he's away at the under twenties. You know, I think certainly in pre season he's, he's done well. He's scored a couple of goals. He's looked lively and looked to carry on. I think yeah, the interesting was you get a lot of players that break through and have have a good two or three games, but then they struggle to um, to sustain that but he certainly seems like you know he, he's capable of doing that and the, the times that I've seen Sydney in pre-season he, he's certainly uh, been up there in their top performance he's got a great hunger you can see it when he, in training and uh, uh, he really goes out there and tries to win every single ball always trying to get up front uh, I think he's got a huge potential but I put this to you Kofi Denning's not going to win the competition for Sydney this year is he I mean he's He's a crucial element. Well, in fact, I don't even know whether he's a crucial element. I think you'll probably find him coming off the bench quite often. When you look at what's around, you look at who they've bought, and assuming that Corrick is fit, assuming that Aloise is fit, Brosk, from the few games that I've seen in pre-season, has been firing. So I, I can only see maybe in a wide position on the right of midfield or a spot off the bench. I just think we might be uh, over-hyping Kofi Danning a little bit, and maybe that his impact this season mightn't be as much as we might think. Mm. But I, th- I think <laughs> if we saw, I think that you'll see very 
Corica again as as last season, struggling really, or not struggling, but being withdrawn on around the 60, 65 minute mark. And I think Danny will be well, the guy. That's right. But but that is that's an impact role, which I think he'll play really well. So he's so Kofi Denning's he, super sub, not Kofi Denning's super kid. Yeah, I still think that he's gonna. I still think that he's he's critical to Sydney having something else, whether that's from the start or whether that's Corica removing Corica and giving him twenty five minutes to run at a tiring defence. Yeah. So I still think he yeah he will be um, an important part of their their makeup. Yeah, especially with the loss of Ian Fife as well. That's devastating blow to the side. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they'll ever recover from that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in mourning. But moving quickly on, um, a new story, obviously done on uh, Kevin Ayres' behest, the A-League Scottish invasion. Um, tell us about that. Oh, it's a long-standing tradition for uh, Scotland exporting its best things, whether it's uh, whiskey, footballers, online editors, or serial killers. <laughs> We're very good at exporting stuff, but uh, it does actually surprise me just how many Scottish accents there are in Scotland in the A League. Yeah, uh, and it's just growing every year. But you know, we seem to be very adaptable. Is this? I was thinking about this when this story went up. I mean. The, the Premier League and the top flight in the UK used to be full of Scots. You look mm. at the, the old Man United teams, the 70s and the 80s, the Liverpool sides, and that's not the case anymore because the Premier League is recruiting from Europe and South America. So is Australia potentially becoming a, a destination for, for Scottish players that, that aren't necessarily going to go to the English Premier League or you know, aren't securing a regular place in the top two in Scotland? So is that potentially the A-League's game? The, the, the fact that the Premier League is recruiting predominantly overseas now? I think it, it's an interesting idea and maybe further down the line it will be the alternative but I mean at the moment we are picking up an awful lot of out of contract players you know uh, McGlinchey, Michael McGlinchey the new Mariners boy he's been dropped he was dropped from Celtic Bob Malcolm uh, walked out and done Fermlin after being with Rangers they're not guys that we're signing that you know necessarily being wanted by anybody else in the Premier League doesn't necessarily mean they're not great players, but uh, you know they're, they're struggling for a contract back home. I would be nice to think that uh, yeah, we're the new EPL for for Scotland, but I don't think it's quite the case. Outside, yet. outside I mean, I'm not, I don't follow the SPL that closely. So outside the top two or maybe three, what what sort of wages are there on in the, in the, the Scottish Premier League aside from the from the big guys? Still better than you get here. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're probably looking. Two grand, two thousand dollars a week. Yeah. Uh, the lower clubs, uh, it's still, you know, it's not, it's not a far, far above. So it's on, a, so it's probably on a par then with the average. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose actually, yeah, we're now up to hundred grand. Yeah. 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 Sounds like a work swap deal. It's almost like because there's a lot, of, a lot of Aussies playing in the lower reaches of the, of the Scottish Premier League. I'm thinking of like Simon Story, who actually just left Partick Thistle, I think. Yeah. Um, Danny Daniel Invincible. Um, yeah. So <laughs> maybe we get one, they get one. And it's just yeah, like that. It's for an exchange program. Yeah. And how would you, how would you rate, if we had to grade the, the Scottish performers so far in the A-League, we've had Grant Brebner, who's uh, won A-League championships with Melbourne, Simon Lynch. Won a bit on the, uh, at the bookies as well. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Lynch, who is a bit hit and miss for, for Brisbane, and Charlie Miller, Do, you know, they're getting a passing grade so far the oh, I think Charlie Miller is uh, certainly the poster boy for Scots overseas mm. likes his pies likes his beer but uh, 
cheese is good. Yeah. You certainly couldn't say that about McClinchy. He's about <laughs> he's about eight stone ringing wet, the lad. He's, he's a will of the wisp type player. I think mean, like, I saw Laurie McKinnon likening him to Jinky Johnson, which is uh, which is uh, rare praise indeed, but it would be good that if he could uh, if he could be that good. Yeah. We sh- we shouldn't forget of course that there's three coaches out of ten with yeah. um um links to Scotland and of course Ernie Merrick Laurie McKenna and now Ian Ferguson and Ian Ferguson's assistant up at North Queensland now of course is Stuart Petrie so there's another Scotsman making the decisions at these clubs so I suppose we probably shouldn't be surprised that they've obviously got strong links back home and uh, hence why they're picking up players from back there as well Dave Mitchell's got a good Scots accent as well Dave Mitchell of course yeah and and not to forget probably the two best coaches on the pitch Craig Moore and uh, Kevin Musket with the Scotland connections as well so uh, final story in this segment is uh, overseas in the EPL Vince Grella rushing back to work cutting off his holiday short uh, a bit like myself to uh, bring the podcast back down from its number one spot um, shows a bit of commitment from, from Vinny I mean on his own admission he said that last season was a, was a nightmare and he's uh, obviously looking to establish himself in that Blackburn first 11 I suspect he just misread the calendar by accident <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. When when we spoke to him when he was over last, he, you know, he he's aware now of what the Premier League's about physically, you know, and he I think he realised that he he didn't get enough football last season and, and needs to be, you know, coming out the blocks firing for this season. I think that's a, it's a great sign. Fans will love that. You know, fans are easily pleased. Yeah. You know, he probably didn't live up to their expectations of him when he came in from Syria, so he would probably think, what you know. Good, good move as far as the fans are concerned. See that I'm hungry. See that I'm going back early, and hopefully secure a starting spot from game one. Two, two of Australia's best pros um, are at Blackburn in Vince Grella and Brett Emerton, both coming back from injury and both absolutely crucial to Australia's success at the World Cup next year. So a lot of attention, I think, for Aussie uh, football fans this year on Blackburn to see how Vinnie Grella goes, see if he can get through a season uh, without injury and also to see how Brett Emerton comes back from the big serious first serious injury he's had in his career. Yeah, yeah. and especially with that system that I think we're all clear that, that Pim is going to play with the two holding midfield players that one of those being you know a, a fit and and able vinegrella I think is critical mm. you know, to Australia's World Cup chances so you know fingers crossed that he he stays injury free and has a good year but as I said he is a model pro like absolutely you talk to anyone that plays with vinegrella and they're always saying they're always saying that you know he's he's the last off the training pitch he's the first on the training pitch he puts in the hard yards he eats the right things etc etc so if there's one bloke who um, will be absolutely primed fit and ready to go for the start of the season it's Vinnie Grill mm. great stuff lads it's time for a break now but make sure you stay with us as up next we're going to look at some more news and look at the funny side of the game in halftime oranges Goldrick Farrell solicitors are here to help all sporting people whether individuals clubs or corporates right across every code of sport in Australia and around the world Goldrick Farrell solicitors offer professional advice from their lawyers and sports consultants whether it's negotiating or renewing contracts or securing the best arrangements for your personal, business or property interests. Goldrick Farrell Milan solicitors have the team for you. Contact partner Barry Milan now on 02 92 67 73 11 or 
visit www.gfm.com.au. The Socceroos have done their bit. Now it's time to do yours. Enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa. Known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe, the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa. The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast. I just don't know what's wrong with some tradies today. Look at the vehicles they drive. More show than anything and certainly not tough. I reckon some tradies have even gone soft. For real, fair income tough tradies, there's only one choice, Mahindra. Mahindra's range of 4x2 and 4x4 workhorse pickups and cab chassis know how to get the job done. And they won't cost an arm and a leg, starting at 19990 drive away. Visit your local dealer for a test drive today or visit mahindrapickup.com.au. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back to 442 Insider, and we're going to get straight back into the last uh, of the best news of the week with the lads here. And the story that we've got is Ian Ferguson, the North Queensland Fury, uh, hailing David Williams, a new signing, come back from uh, Denmark, and but warning about expecting a bit too much of him too soon. Is he going to be a key to the season for the for the Fury? I think he's a tremendous uh, signing for the Fury. I really think he's going to make a huge impact for them, and it's me just increasing the hype on him once again. But uh, that's our job. That's that's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, no, I think well, he, we, said, we think they are going to be rubbish. I think he'll be all right. Yeah, Go on, it should be okay. Say it. The new new Harry Cure. Go on, say it. Well, yeah, 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 judging by the photos, he looks like the new Carlos Tevez. Yeah, like the yeah. photos, he looks a bit an image. I was like, just needs that mono bro. Just completed and he'd be there. A little Alice band would yeah. be well away. If, you, if you're Fergie in this situation, do you talk up David Williams all year to take the pressure off Robbie Fell? I think he's he's playing the other way, isn't he? Though he's he's talking up Robbie Fell and take the pressure off David Williams. Yeah. Uh, who's and under who's under more pressure? Robbie Fell has got yeah. nothing to prove here. I, think, oh, no. I certainly think that the two of them together. If they're both fit and firing, that that's a that is a good forward line. You yeah. know, I think I think good on David Williams for coming back. I think he was getting nowhere fast in uh, Bromby. Um, I think there's an there's an interesting side plot to this as well with the FFA doing a lot in the indigenous football and trying to trying to you know look to the indigenous community as being a route for you know away from the AFL and, and this you know David Williams could be the poster boy of that drive. Plus you know? they've got Fred Ages up there as well. Yeah, you know, so I think it's a, it's a, it's great that he's coming back and it's great that he's uh, he's playing well and hopefully it will continue all season. 
and it looks like that that you know even that one signing puts them in a, a better foothold in the A League already. But, but the question mark with North Queensland is never going to be getting the ball in the back of the net. I don't think we've got any problems with, that they can score goals with. They've got Fowler there, but the problem is going to be getting the ball to Fowler, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. that's you know they've got the likes of Jason Spaniolo, they've got the likes of Wolfgang Talley who is injured at the moment. Um, Fred Ages, as we discussed, um, Chris, I think Chris Crossman, who used to be at um, uh, Queensland Raw. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be getting the supply line, and I and I that's I think that's going to be where they, they might struggle this season. I think you saw that season one with York when he started off up front, but then very quickly ended Came up back. playing mm-hmm. in that withdrawal role simply because he wasn't getting the service. But I think unlike York, I'm not sure Fowler can play that sort of deep line midfield holding role. He's not the fitness. However, he might you might find him setting up a lot of goals for David Williams. Though. Yeah, he could play off yeah. Williams play with Williams playing the, the sort of. Uh, the main striker role. I think Fury have got a, a big long season ahead of them despite mm. that. You know, they might get a few goals, but uh, I can see them shipping a hell of a lot. Don't don't uh, discount the conditions up there, though. It's going to be hot. It's going to be really hot. And teams are going to go up there and struggle on a Saturday night playing against the Fury. And if they can win a lot of their home games, that'll probably keep them out of the bottom few. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on to the last story, there's a bit of a Nicky Carl love going around. He might not be getting it uh, a lot from the Australian side or the selectors, but um, he, he's a man in demand uh, with the teams that he's uh, playing for and teams that are interested in signing him. The news is that Korean side FC Seoul had offered what half a million pounds or dollars? Half a million dollars. Three Various estimates between half a million and uh, $650,000. Purely uh, for a loan. For just a, for, for a, a season-long loan. And uh, which, you know, is a, a, a big commitment by Crystal Palace to say no. Mm. Uh, we want to keep him. Uh, they obviously rate him highly. Don't need the money and uh, want to have him around. So it's obviously I see him as an integral part of that, that side looking to push for an EPL place next yeah, year. Yeah, it's encouraging. I mean, it's great. I mean, again, it, it's another sign, I think, that Australian players sort of currency is riding high in Asia at the moment I think obviously Josh Kennedy going to the J League and scoring two and two again it, it, you know that their profile has never been higher in Asia because we're now playing qualifying through Asia so I think we're going to see that the, the, the stocks of the Aussie players rate very highly in Asia and I think we'll see more of it and it's just another example of that with the, with the Korean club coming in for him. I guess the other thing is with a World Cup year it's more important for players to be playing to regular play, football yeah. than necessarily to be playing at great clubs so some people might say that Josh Kennedy took a step down in going from the Bundesliga to Nagoya in the J League but if he's playing regular football surely that's more important than sitting on the bench in the Bundesliga and Nicky Carr's probably looking around thinking is playing for Crystal Palace on again, off again, although he did play a pretty regular starter for Crystal Palace last year, or do I you know, play a leading role at a club like FC Seoul? And if you talk to Nicky Carl, he does privately admit that the way Crystal Palace plays doesn't exactly suit his game, so he might be looking for somewhere where he can express himself a bit more. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's all, that's all the news we've got fitted in for this week. Now on to the half-time oranges and a bit of a funnier look at the, the, the game. All the lads have come up with a funny themselves. So who'd like to go first? Who's got the funniest? Oh, Kev, probably. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on. Hey? Um, no, I was just uh, liking the uh, the look of Manchester City's new lineup for next season. It's going to be a, obviously a 5-3-2 formation. Five in attack, three in midfield and two in defence. 
and uh, yeah, it's going to be great to watch that. Yeah. I mean, how many uh, forwards can you sign and buy uh, in uh, the space of one-off season? <laughs> we'll score five, but you've got to score six to beat us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be entertaining for the fans. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> It'd be great to watch them either uh, make their way up to the top or flame out. Either way, it's going to be fun. You know, if, if they can get uh, the colour to, you know, looks like he's in the bag. Yeah. Uh, and if uh, Everton do relent and give them uh, less Julian Lescott, then... 25 million, I'll drive in there myself. Exactly. Oh, I mean, the world's gone mad when Julian Lescott's worth 25 million. It's I mean, not he's a good player, but, you know, that that's just ridiculous money. Darren Bent, 17 million. That, that's that's where it all started. That's when the rot set in. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> Andy? Uh, well, mine was in... Uh, in a season or pre-season of god-awful kits I mean we've seen Bolton's aberration we've seen North Queensland Fury's ridiculous lime effort um, Newcastle's banana away kit um, which I think was, was it, did I see that there's three people turned up queuing outside the shop to buy it but normally it's like <laughs> down the street um, but the worst possibly came out this week which is Everton's new away kit so obviously uh, we'll be seeing Tim Cale on Fox running around in this and it's black with salmon pink uh, stripes, horizontal stripes across, or hoops, should we say. Um, and it's, what is obvious is that this, you know, it looks like a Fred Perry shirt, you know, and, it, and it's obviously designed less for the players and more for the fans wearing it at the pub. You know, so they've gone like, the home kit looks like a throwback to the 80s kit when they were, when they were winning the league. And the away kit's just awful. So, I mean, have a, have a Google around for that. And uh, I don't think they'll be selling too many of those. There's that great story that when Australia played in that really bad, it was basically... Um, the kit. The kit. That's exactly yeah. what it was called. Yeah. There's a great story uh, Robbie Slater tells us that at one stage, at the end of one of the games, they threw, they threw uh, their shirts back into the crowd and the crowd threw them back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it's definitely a trend because the New England kit is similar. That they it looks like they're actually designing shirts now for the fans for the replica market, which makes sense. I mean, they don't sell them to the players; they sell them to to us mugs. Yeah. You know, so you know we've gone from the the, the Spurs Kappa fitted <laughs> number, which which no one other than Rob <laughs> like Robbie King could wear. Suited athletic blokes like myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Given that the, I would imagine that the average replica shirt sale is an XXL. <laughs> fitted ones don't really work for the fans Murray you're you're funny I've got two I've got two owners Um, David Traktovenko has come out of hiding this week the um, owner of um, Sydney FC he's uh, based in Russia doesn't speak any English but he's been back in uh, Sydney and I noticed an interview in the paper with him this week have a look at the picture in the paper if you get a chance and tell me that that's not Fletch Chevy Chase from Fletch (laughs) he is an absolute (laughs) spitting image which may be why we haven't seen a lot of him because he's actually a mysterious agent Um, and my other one is is Clive Palmer and and he Clive and Miron this week about uh, we're not going to turn up to the first game. This is a save Clive Palmer that wants to go through the season undefeated, yet he's going to forfeit the first game. So how exactly does that work? Oh. But the whole the whole hullabaloo up in um, in Gold Coast over this game against Queensland, uh, we don't want to give the game any publicity, yet we're going to spend the next three day, days saying that we're not going to talk and then we're not going to turn up. The game's been more hyped by the fact that they're saying that they're not going to, that they're not going to um, publicise it. So I'm enjoying Clive Palmer and Miron Blyberg already in the 
season hasn't even kicked off. Or is that just because he recommended that the Gold Coast fans don't travel and just watch it on the TV like yeah, he would be? Which is a nice thing to say yeah. to your fans, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Especially for you. Yeah. If you could watch all the other games as yeah. well. Fox Sports News, that one's on, don't forget. And uh, yeah, my one's just uh, the terrible pen- penalty-taking prowess of the FIFA Executive Committee. Uh, there was a YouTube clip of the, the guys walking around the new Meadowlands Stadium in New Jersey, which is going to be open. They're open during the CONCACAF Gold Cup final. They took Blatter and Jack Warner around this new stadium. And uh, Cornerly, the head of the construction, said, Sir, a goal has never been scored in this stadium and we want you to be the first one. And he steps up and he kind of kicks his first two penalties straight at this goalkeeper standing in the goal. And third one finally goes in. Jack Warner does a little bit better, but you'd think these guys in the suits would at least be able to take a penalty better. But um, Andy reminded us of... A, the Diana a Ross penalty at the start of the 94 World Cup opening ceremony. I think that for that reason alone, America should never be be given the World Cup again after that farce of an opening ceremony where she missed the goal but it still broke into about eight pieces and let off fireworks <laughs> <laughs> well we as Australians would be happy about that getting uh, if they don't get the World Cup but we're uh, up for a break again but don't touch that dial as we'll be back to play our new and probably because it's my idea very bad uh, word game more significant join us uh, after the break for that Cars Guide now have their own weekly podcast. Log on to carsguide.com.au and download the latest edition of Cars Guide Radio each week. All the latest automotive news, interviews with industry leaders, road safety advice, driving and car tips and lots of fun. So, if you're a car nut, join Joel Helms for Cars Guide Radio, available at carsguide.com.au or search for Cars Guide Radio on iTunes. Did you know you can write your own legal will with the Australian Will Kit? There's numbered instructions for every clause and they're very easy to understand. Simply fill in the blank spaces. It's quick and easy to do and the Australian Will Kit tells you how to witness and store your completed will when you're finished. It even tells you how to cancel any previous wills you may have written before. The Australian Will Kit is only $29.95 plus postage and handling and there's no ongoing costs or hidden fees. Don't let others decide who'll get your estate and don't miss out on the bonus offer we have for you right now. When you buy the Australian Will Kit today, we'll give you a bonus will form for your partner absolutely free so you can both write a will that's legal right throughout Australia. For your peace of mind, call today for your very own Australian Will Kit. Here's how to order. Call 1-800-200-109. That's 1-800-200-109. Write the number down. 1-800-200-109. Call now. Back to 442 Insider. Welcome back to 442 Insider, and uh, we're going to try something a little bit new now, so it'll obviously fall flat on its face quicker than Ronaldo in the box, but we'll give it a go anyway. It's called More Significant, and I'm going to give the panel two scenarios, and you guessed it, they're going to choose which one is most significant. No giggling in the back, boys. (laughs) This is a fantastic idea, it's what makes 442... Come on, new segment, here we go. (laughs) Okay. Back in the net. More Significant. He's got pie all over his face. He's going to start with the A-League more significant Robbie Fowler or David Williams making an impact in the A-League this year Kevin Um, David Williams 
Obviously, for what it represents, youth over imports. Oh, you want me to fill in the rest, right? Oh, you yeah. can fill in. You've got a, you, you can <laughs> be a quick segment. Tell us another one. <laughs> yeah. Be a quick no, segment. Uh, uh, no. It's a buzzer round. Work yeah. with me, guys. I'm Sorry, I, I, I thought I just had to answer a question. Um, yeah, no, d- Robbie Fowler, what's he got to prove? Nothing at all. David Williams looking uh, to establish himself again as a potential socceroo after his Oliroo success. Then going back into obscurity at Bronby. Um, Robbie Fowler, but he's already cold, God. You can't get much better than that. Uh, so, no, David um, Williams. For the life of the segment, I think I'm going to disagree. I will too. I'm going to say Robbie Fowler because I think it's important that a big name marquee lives up to the hype uh, because I think that bringing players like Robbie Fowler is going to be important to the continued sort of interest in the A-League and I think it's important that other clubs see the Fowler experiment as a success and look to recruit you know, of that quality to keep the league moving forward. He's been reading my notes. I was, <laughs> I was going to say exactly the same thing. I agree. Look, Robbie Fowler will make, if he scores a lot of goals in Australia, he'll make waves around the world. If David Williams scores a lot of goals in Australia, he'll make waves around Australia. So I guess, as you said, the argument is, um, as you said, imports versus young talent. But I just think for the, for the growth of the A-League, for where we're at at the moment, um, and to attract some big names down under, if Robbie Fowler's scoring goals, it'll be great for the world profile. Do you think he will, though? Really? I don't think he will. Well, right. I, think, I think he's a great figurehead for Fury. I think he's a. I do. A, I think he'll score goals. I do. I think. Do I think that'll it'll get world headlines? Um, both, actually. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to score a hell of a lot of goals because I really don't think he's going to get an awful lot of game time. Yeah. Uh, and two, I really don't think anybody will notice. If there's 27, I think they might get the they might get coverage for the first goal back in the UK, and then it's going to be a case of he's over here. If he runs riot, then obviously the A League standard's not great, so people aren't going to report it. If uh, he doesn't score anything, then they're not going to really be bothered because he's at retirement age anyway. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I always think that the, the marquee. You know, I think we've talked about this before. The marquee position has been abused a little bit by. The clubs in that I think that, that we a lot of clubs have used the marquee position as as the means to pay an Australian player yeah, it's an enough money to keep them. Where you know, in my mind the marquee position should be a player that puts bums on seats at every game that they play at, and that's whether they're playing at home or away. And Robbie Fowler will do that. Dwight York did that. Janino did that for the time he was on the pitch. But I think if we're looking at the true marquee players in the A League so far, there's probably only been one unqualified success, and that was. Dwight York so I think we need another one but that only counts if Robbie, will, hey, Robbie Williams uh, Robbie Fowler <laughs> actually plays yeah true absolutely which is why and I think it's more significant that Robbie Fowler is a success and if he doesn't play then I think the, uh, the annoyance factor with the fans actually becomes counterproductive and I think the, the problem is, is that if he doesn't play then that will scare other clubs off going the high profile mm. 1 million plus overseas player and I think we'll see more of bringing back the, the Millister Jobskis, which is no bad thing, but I'm not sure that that should be the marquee player. Maybe, you know, as I think Simon's called before Simon Hill, is about two marquee positions. Just quickly, 27 games this season, how many does Robbie Fowler start? Go on. Give us a figure. Sweep state. Over under 17. 10. 10. 10. Starts, no, I starts. I think he'll start 20. Right. I hope he starts 27. Yeah. 
Okay, more significant. Obviously, you're buying into this uh, concept very well. Loving um, it. It's great. Um, you're an bigger, idea maker. Bigger crowds or better officiating, Andy? Bigger crowds. We're never going to be happy with the officiating. doesn't matter. We're not the only league in the world that moans that the referees crap. Every World Cup we moan that the referees crap. We're going to moan about whether the referees crap, whether there's 2,000 people there or 20,000 people there. So the most important thing for me is bigger crowds. Our officiating isn't all that bad. You only need to watch football being played around the rest of Asia and you only need to see where our referees are ranked in Asia to realise it could be a hell of a lot worse. There's a lot of emphasis played on the referees, but if we had the best referees in the world, there still would be bigger crowds, definitely. I still don't like the uh, FFA getting involved post-match with games and revamping visiting incidents and refereeing after the event I just think that's wrong let the referee deal with the game mm. let he can stand and fall by his own decisions we can all have a chat about it but uh, the FFA doesn't need to get into video reviews after the match I really don't like that at all I agree wholeheartedly on that one that's, cha- um, that's changing this year but what about the diving I still disagree with it yeah, the ref- dives Referee's got to make the decision. I think the referee has to see it. Yeah. That's, you know, within the 90 minutes. Moving on. Uh, more significant, Murray, the fortunes of Perth or Wellington this season? I'm worried about the future of Wellington. Really, really worried about the future of Wellington. Uh, their local TV station, I can obviously bring the TV factor in here, um, is only showing live Wellington games this season and not showing um, the other A-League games live this season because they say there's no interest um, and they've even cut down on their coverage of the Wellington matches as well in terms of what they do before and after the game. I think that's a really worrying sign. Um, Perth is a big market for football. We saw that in the old NSL. We'd love to see it back to where it was in the old NSL. So I'm going to say Perth this season. And as I said, I'm actually quite worried about the Phoenix. Kev? What was the question again? More significant fortunes of Perth or Wellington? Um, I think uh, Wellington's future is up in the air in many different ways, not just the the local interest and the the TV coverage, but uh, AFC Chiefs obviously have uh, the big knife out for them, given half the chance they'd axe them from the competition. Um, So, you know, we may have to sacrifice them in the long run. I hope not, because I think they have got a lot to offer to the the league, and I'm really, impressed by what they've done uh, and the club they've built up in such a short time. Um, But... If we're going to look at the future, then we'd have. To, if we had to choose between them, I'd choose Perth every time. Andy, Perth. Yep. Simple and succinct. Last one on the A League. More significant: Sydney or Gold Coast making it to the grand final? Kev. <coughs> um, Gold Coast making it to the grand final would be a fairy story uh, or a nightmare, depending which which side of the fence you're <laughs> good, on. Good copy for you, kid. <laughs> We'd uh, and to be honest, I can see them doing it. Uh, I can actually see them doing it more than I can see uh, Sydney doing it. I know it goes against what everybody else is saying, but I think Sydney have got a great manager, but not necessarily got the the players to match it. Uh, and I think Gold Coast do. I'm really impressed with them. They've got a great team. If they don't get to the finals, then uh, somebody's head's going to roll. I think Sydney. I think Gold Coast, whilst they might be making noises about going unbeaten, I don't think it's going to be the end of the world if they don't make the grand final. I think Sydney need to be successful this season for for a number of reasons. I think they need to be successful to bring the crowds back. I think they need to be successful because you know a successful Sydney side puts numbers on gates all around the country because people want to beat them. 
Um, so I think the Gold Coast have got a great story as it is without making the grand final. Um, I think Sydney it's important, particularly if we're looking at an, a second Sydney side coming in. It adds an extra edge to that. Um, so I think it would be, I think Sydney making it would be more significant. Two contrasting coaches, isn't it? One uh, in Vitoslav Lavitska, who doesn't speak English very well, and then you've got Miron Pleiberg, who just loves the sound of his own voice. Um, Gold Coast making it all the way to the grand final would be you know, great for the media, given uh, what Miron and Clive are likely to dish up. Um, but if I'm being completely Fox Sports biased, um, there are a lot of set-top boxes in Sydney, so I'll say Sydney to make the grand final. <laughs> I told you I was being biased. <laughs> Moving on to the Socceroos. A fully fit team or an easy qualifying group? Andy? Um, I'm going to say a fully fit team simply because I don't think there are any easy qualifying groups anymore. So I think you know, what, what might be termed an easier group would still be a very difficult group without a fully fit team. So a fully fit team is uh, essential for me. Mm-hmm. Murray? Well, when you look at the last World Cup, we obviously had Japan in our group. Um, we can't obviously have another Asian team in our group. So it's almost as though if the rest of the world was looking at it, Australia would be the, the easy beat in that group, whatever group that we end up in. So as Jacko said, I don't know that whether there is such a thing as an easy qualifying group. Whoever we get is going to be ridiculously tough. So mm. in that way, I'll have to say a fully fit team too. And if I have to pick one player that needs to be fully fit, I suppose you have to say Tim Cahill, don't you? Mm. Yeah, I agree as well. You know, it's got to be uh, a fully fit uh, team. And, you know, we're heading in that direction. We've got a pretty good, strong team. We're not really plagued by injuries and uh, the, the team that we're now relying on these days. Uh, Vidic is pretty much out of the, uh, the equation. So, uh, yeah, I think we're looking good. And, yeah, I'd rather have a strong team. Murray, the Socceroos having a solid defence or a free-flowing attack? Well, I think we've already got the first one, so let's go with the second one. I'll say free-flowing attack, and that's no uh, criticism of Pim and the what and what he's done. He's got us to the World Cup, and that was uh, what he was paid to do. So I guess all of football fans around Australia would now like to see um, the next uh, move being adding the free-flowing attack to an already solid defence. Mm. I'm not sure we can have both. Uh, with the best will in the world even Jose Mourinho when he was at Chelsea with uh, unlimited resources played a strong defence and was happy with 1-0 wins uh, frankly I think we should be as well if we can, if we could have a fast flowing attack great but given the choice people remember results and wins they, they tend not to remember uh, glorious defeats unless you're Scottish <laughs> that's all you've got to clean <laughs> exactly <laughs> Andy? I'd, I'd agree with Kev. I'd say a solid defence. I think that, like you say, Mons, that's what we have got. I think it's important that we keep that, particularly in the World Cup, that we, you know, we don't, particularly the first game, we go out there and we don't mm. give anything away because the problem, that you, you know, go out there and free-flowing attack is great, but then if you lose your first game, the danger is that your tournament's over before it's begun. Mm. Final question. Australia winning the World Cup or winning the bid to host the World Cup? Is a, I don't think either of those is more significant than the other. They both would be uh, such huge landmarks. Yeah. You can have a winner there. Uh, both would change the face of football in this country forever. I would say hosting the World Cup. Hmm. I think because I think I think winning the World Cup is about a team, and that team would be forever revered. Creates its own problems, as England have found, because you're always then live, trying to live up to that. And you're always deemed a failure if you don't win it. Have England I think, won the World Cup? 
1966, mate. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't talk about it much. No, um, so I think I think hosting the World Cup for a country like Australia because that would that would engage the whole country for probably the decade leading up to it and the decade following it, and it's not necessarily linked to 11 blokes that won a tournament. It's linked to the whole country and the pride of putting on a, a first-class World Cup. I'll go with the same. I'll go with winning the bid for the World Cup. Um, simply for the fact, if you're looking at the development of the game, um, winning the World Cup not, might, <laughs> surprisingly enough, be all too much too soon. Yet, as Jacko said, winning a bid for the World Cup would give us you know, the lead-up to the World Cup, plus the actual event, plus a few years afterwards, and I think that would help develop the game greater than a one-off. I think having, you know, for everyone to understand... Can I just get this right? Are we talking at the moment that Australia could win a World Cup? Yeah. <laughs> just checking. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, mean, I just, that, just wanted to say... We're talking about it as just, if it's, just, you know, yeah, 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 no, we can yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. The thing is, is that if the, if the World Cup came to Australia, even your most die-hard AFL or rugby league guy would be caught up in it. Mm. Whereas Australia winning the World Cup outside of Australia, it was still, oh, yeah, but it's football, we don't really care about it. Here, in Australia, the build-up, the fans, the month-long party, you know, take the Olympics and double it, you know, and that would be the effect of the World Cup, I think. Yeah. Great stuff, guys. Thanks for making my concept uh, brilliant. Um, Thumbs up from us. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're an ideas, man. <laughs> We're going to be back after the break, but don't touch that, Dallas. Uh, we'll be chatting to our special guest, who's uh, already contributed quite well into the podcast, executive producer of Fox, Fox Sports. <laughs> can, I a, can I have a smiley stamp, please? <laughs> Uh, Murray Shaw about being the power behind Robbie Slater's throne. Goldrick Farrell-Milan solicitors are here to help all sporting people, whether individuals, clubs or corporates, right across every code of sport in Australia and around the world. Goldrick Farrell-Milan solicitors offer professional advice from their lawyers and sports consultants. Whether it's negotiating or renewing contracts or securing the best arrangements for your personal, business or property interests, Goldrick Farrell-Milan solicitors have the team for you. Contact partner Barry Milan now on 02 92677311 or visit www.gfm.com.au The Socceroos have done their bit now it's time to do yours enjoy the ultimate 2010 FIFA World Cup experience with the Green and Gold Army on tour in South Africa known for their passion and pride in supporting the Socceroos around the globe the Green and Gold Army's authorised travel packages will take you to the heart of Australia's support in South Africa The Green and Gold Army's packages include tickets to all three Australian group stage games, tickets to four additional World Cup group stage games, all transfers to and from games, and safe, secure accommodation in Johannesburg, just a goal kick down the road from the Socceroos base. Head to www.ggarmyontour.com or call 1300 300 756 for more information on Australian football's once-in-a-lifetime experience. But you'd better be quick as numbers are strictly limited and places are going fast. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back to 442 Insider. We're into the home straight now and we're joined 
by an esteemed colleague of ours in the, in the football community, Murray Shaw, who's the executive producer of Fox Sports Football. Been a fantastic contributor to the podcast so far, and this is your time in the limelight. We just wanted to pick your brains about your... Uh, <laughs> Don't want to take one. <laughs> <laughs> Any jobs? So tell us, what does uh, an executive producer for football do? What is, is, your is job this a in job interview or a podcast? Uh, yeah. What can you bring to the podcast? What do you bring to the podcast? Here's an example of where you performed well at the Pressure. Put yourself in this situation. Um, sorry, what was the question? What is my job? Yeah, like, yeah, what do you do? I think I've just failed the job. Yeah. Um, I'll, as you said, I'm the executive producer of the football department at Fox, so uh, it's many and varied because obviously we have live A League games, we've got the Premier League coverage, we've got Socceroos matches, plus we've got magazine shows so I guess it's just um, um, getting out the, the whip and making sure that these things happen highlight shows of course etc etc so I mean the one big thing about football in the last five years is obviously the interest level has um, grown enormously therefore the actual amount of product has grown enormously too so things like the Asian Champions League and then you know um, the Juventus game against the Melbourne Victory is another prime example where we covered that as well. So there's just constant football uh, being delivered to us because that's what the public wants and I guess my job is just making sure that it all gets out there. And you're pretty hands-on. I mean, you're involved in even you know the match day coverage and you're there at the grounds and or one ground uh, per round and, and such. Is that probably the most hectic part of the the job? Is that a crazy time? I would, I would imagine that, that I mean, that's would be... The, I guess that's the good fun part of the job too, actually being at the games. Um, it's not as though we sit in the stand with a hot dog and a pie and, uh, <laughs> and enjoy the match. We're out in the truck, which is usually in the car park, making sure um, that the broadcast goes smoothly. Um, I don't know whether that's the hectic part of the job. I mean, it's, it is a hectic job. That's why we enjoy it. But I'd certainly say that's the, one of the enjoyable parts of the job. I've been fortunate over the past couple of years that I've been travelling with Simon Hill and Robbie Slater to all the um, Socceroos matches. So getting mm-hmm. the chance to go and watch um, the Socceroos play in many and varied parts of the world, such as Uzbekistan and Bahrain, has, has certainly been in, enjoyable. Um, it's going to be hectic, the actual live match producing this year, because we've obviously got an extra game around. We've got an extra six rounds, so there's in total another 50 games for us to actually produce this season. So between myself and um, Gary Burchett, who's one of the other senior producers, we're pretty much looking after the match coverage, and then we've got the magazine shows, etc., that get looked after by other people as well. So there's probably a full-time staff of um, six production uh, people, as well as the commentators on top of that. Well, at what stage, obviously, because we, we, we've expanded this season and talk is expansion again next year and then maybe a pause but at what stage does the league get too big for you to cover every game live and or, or is it always the not is there the potential there for it to expand with the with the league so obviously with with the other codes you share it with free to air but yeah, with true. football it's exclusive so can you grow the coverage with it yeah i mean look it's just a facilities issue at the moment and obviously i mean this is another question that we always get it every year is the final round why isn't the final round matches all at exactly the same time often it's just the 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 simple fact of geography in this country we're not talking about the uk where you can you know easily get up and down the country in a six seven hour eight hour drive we're talking about you know five hour plane trips to the other side of australia and we've got to get massive broadcast trucks right around to all these venues as well as crew to be crewing these venues so it's it's often a logistics factor as well and, and just zones. and time zones <laughs> and just having the trucks that are available uh, to be able to broadcast these games etc so look 
it's it's grown it's grown so much in the in the past five years. It's obviously going to grow a lot in the next five years. We've kept up to date with it so far, so I can't seem to see why we wouldn't keep up to date with it in the next five years. Dedicated football channel possibility in the future. Everyone says that. Um, I mean, look, there's an extra fifty games this year. If you throw in another two teams next year, I suppose it's still up to the FFA to work out how they're going to do that and whether they expand the season. But there is just so much football. I mean, it's it's almost impossible for us to have a holiday because as soon as the uh, A League season finishes, we roll into the Champions League. Next season, the Champions League starts in in February because they've got to try and finish the first lot of the Champions League before the World Cup starts. So they've got to get all that sort of initial Champions League stuff uh, out of the way by I think it's about. May so Melbourne and Adelaide are going to be playing Champions League matches in February when there's still a month and a half of the um, of the A League to go, let alone the final series. So that's going to be um, interesting to watch. So I mean, there's just so much football that you know maybe maybe that is something they'll look at eventually. Um, um, but I mean, I guess we've been fortunate in the last 12 months that ESPN has been, or not the last 12 months, the last few years that ESPN has done a lot of football as well, and there's been Satanta doing a lot of football as well. What happens with the Satanta situation? Um, is anyone's guess uh, given their financial problems back um, in the UK and Ireland but um, there's just been a lot of football but I suppose if you grouped it all together you could have a football channel but at the moment ESPN ESPN own a lot and obviously it's a tan to do as well Yeah. What about uh, the one thing the fans have always been going on about is some sort of free to air coverage you ever thought of uh, giving any of the Stations a highlights package even? That's not a decision up to me, Kevin. That's a decision <laughs> up to the people that uh, assign the checks. And um, look, uh, people talk about that. And as I said, it's, it's literally not my job. So that comes down to people um, higher up the food chain who'll be making those decisions. But, um, you know, it's obviously gone that way, I guess, with, uh, with, with rugby league. It's gone that way with AFL. And it should be pointed out that the Socceroos at the moment, in terms of the top 10 most watched events in the history of pay television, make up four of them, including the top two positions. Australia versus Uzbekistan um, earlier this year was the most watched uh, event in the history of pay television. I'm not just talking sport, I'm talking anything. Um, so if, if you're a free-to-air network, you're looking at that and thinking, well, it obviously rates and the people want it, so we want to get a piece of it. So, But look, I mean, I don't think anyone and I, I, I can't believe anyone would say that Fox hasn't been good for Australian football and Fox is certainly enjoying its football and hence why there's more football on every year um, so they'll be doing their darndest to make sure that they keep a hold of it as well so Would you look at potentially at that if you, you gave a highlights package let's say to, to a free to that that's going to actually drive subscriptions because if people get a little taste of it they want to see the live games and so it might actually help drive yeah, but that, more but people just the flip side of that and again it's not my decision mm. any of this um, the, the flip side of that is of course the fact that it is exclusive on pay television you've got to think that the, the owners of Fox Sports are looking uh, to get more people to subscribe if they can only watch it on pay television then you have to get pay television to watch it yeah. So, but as a highlights package being basically an hour long advert for the uh, Fox uh, your Fox Sports subscription yeah true true I mean I know, look I know the basketball tried to do that as well they had a little they had a lot of it last year on um, Fox Sports as well plus they had one game a week on replayed on Channel 9 so that's been tried before but again you'd have to ask the um, the experts who are monitoring the ratings whether or not that what the effect that had on Fox Sports was. Did uh, the FFA try to renegotiate the contract when there was two new teams this year? I couldn't tell you that, Kevin. Mm. 
That ends that conversation then. <laughs> well, moving on, talking about things you probably can tell us about, uh, with the expansion of the, the season this year, you've got a whole new lineup with uh, what's been termed as Match Day Saturday and you know, some new formats with some other shows. Tell us about that. Now, for yes. all the married men, yes. this signals trouble. Yeah, I'm Absolutely. You. Can you, and I, I ask the three of you, could you sit down and watch 11 and a half straight hours of football? I could. That's the challenge. Whether I'd be allowed to or That's not. That's the challenge. And how many weekends could you do that for? <laughs> um, essentially, Match Day Saturday is um, bringing together both Saturday's A-League coverage and Saturday night's EPL coverage. When we think this year that... Um, uh, Townsville, the Fury come into the competition. They're playing a lot of their games late on a Saturday night because of the weather conditions up there. Mm-hmm. So what it basically does is if their games are kicking off at, say, 9pm at night, uh, Eastern Standard Time, which is going to be 8pm local, um, uh, they're going to uh, roll into the Premier League. So the Premier League will start at, say, 11.30, 11.45. Um, so basically we're looking at starting, coming on an hour before the first A-League match, um, having a bit of fun, looking at all the A-League, looking at the EPL, um, rolling into a couple of A-League games, keeping it going till the English Premier League starts and then probably a couple of English Premier League games as well. So that hopefully, that, and let's face it, there are a lot of people out there who don't watch the A-League but watch the Premier League because they don't think the A-League's of a similar standard. Hopefully if we can, um, we can get those people starting to watch a little bit earlier and uh, start getting a taste of the A-League and I think once they start watching a bit more of it they'll realise that it is a great competition. Certainly I think the, you know, hopefully the people who do tune in and give it a chance this year will see a, a, certainly the best quality season that we've got. Mazda yeah. and Fox Sports FC coming back again? Yeah, Fox Sports FC starts uh, Tuesday, August 4 um, with a big bumper first up episode 90 minutes. It'll be 90 minutes throughout the entire season but for the first episode it's a sole 90 minute A-League preview and what we've done um, I don't know if you guys ever remember those jo- Jeffrey Robertson hypotheticals that they used to used to take place we're going to get six of our experts in so uh, John Cosmina uh, is going to as he said throw a few grenades um, <laughs> Paul Trimboli Ange Postacoglu uh, Mike Cockrell Mark Bosnich and Robbie Slater and we're just going to basically like you guys do look at all the issues surrounding the A-League um, for, for 90 minutes have a, a good preview getting the opinions of all these guys in the know and then from then on it's going to be 90 minutes every week and once the Premier League season starts it's a very original idea but we're going to have two 45 minute halves so the first 45 minutes will be A-League and the second 45 minutes will focus on the Socceroos and also the EPL. Andy Harper will host the first 45 minutes with Ange Postacoglu and then um, probably Bozza, Robbie Slater and Simon are going to come and do the Premier League for the second 45. Fantastic. And you mentioned some of the big names that you have in as uh, pundits and commentators. Uh, yep. Even the esteemed Andy Jackson has been in there. Um, I think even the esteemed Paul Hansford has been in there. No, I it? haven't. I've never been on your show. Fox That's Sports right, you News. turned it down once, I remember. Fox Sports News, yeah. Uh, I think you're thinking of uh, Michael Lynch, my ginger doctor. <laughs> uh, but no, no, not myself. I think, but I, I think I tried to get you there once. I think you did, yeah, yeah. And Andy took my place. But um, what do you think makes a good analyst of the game? I mean, there's so many old, you know, ex-pros out there, and but not everyone can bring to the table uh, a good analysis of the game and, and speak eloquently, as we know with uh, Trevor Trahan, our deputy. Uh, on the <laughs> Tell us what you think uh, makes uh, a good analyst. Funny you should say that, because a lot of um, players who have recently retired have been ringing in the off-season because 
for many years there wasn't such a thing as a football media and now there is so players are looking to the media now as a career post the game whereas they probably didn't actually have that opportunity a few years past so I've been basically trying to say to these people well it's just like when you were playing you've got to turn up with something you've got to have something that's a bit better than everyone else so if we break that down into the, into um, football punditry you've got to have an opinion and you've got to be able to back up that opinion I think in the past and look we've all seen pundits who just turn up and, they, and you ask them uh, Talk, talk us through Manchester United versus Arsenal and they say well this should be a really good game because Manchester United they're a good side and they're coming, and they're coming up against Arsenal who are a good team as well so I'm, I'm expecting quite a tight contest and you're like yeah my mother could have told me that um, so now we're looking for people with an opinion um, we're looking with, for people who obviously can express that opinion and can back up that opinion and I think that's really what makes a good pundit I mean I, look I'll put the question to you who do you consider a good pundit and not just in Australia but Boz has been a, a breath of fresh air yeah. I mean, because he's, he's improved so much yeah. as well because yeah. he was awful when he first yeah. his and first I, couple of games were terrible but I he's mean, brilliant we talked about it with, with our own sort of columnists and, and, and I think it, the people that don't feel like they have anything to prove are mm. the best people because they don't think about what they're saying before they say it yeah. they just call it as they see it and certainly it, it, the Boz's delivery certainly brings some, some entertaining, uh, entertainment to the proceedings as well mm. look there's a lot of pundits too that think people are just hanging on every word because of who they are and I actually think football uh, the football media has developed a lot in this country in five years as well that it's not good enough now just to turn up and because you're a big name we're all going to go oh now people turn up and they want to hear you say something give an opinion and tell us why you've made that opinion and I think that's what you're looking for in your good pundits these days yeah, yeah. Trevor Francis yeah, he gets the ball, he whips it over, there's a header at the back post, and it's a goal. Oh, is that right? <laughs> well, guys, thanks very much. We've run out of time again. Uh, Murray Shaw, executive producer of Fox Sports Football, the only place where you can watch Premier League and A-League football live. So go out there and buy your set-top box. All starts Thursday, August 6th, Melbourne versus the Central Coast. There you go. And also, go. make sure you buy your uh, latest issue of 442, which is out next Wednesday before the next podcast comes out. So make sure you get that. It's a season preview, so uh, should be sitting by your side while you're watching your your Fox Sports coverage. It's got a preview of all the teams in the Premier League and the A League, and all the other good stuff that 442 is known for. Thanks very much for joining us on the 442 Insider Podcast today. Don't forget you can listen to us on the Interpipe at au.442.com or subscribe to us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check us next week. Thank you. 442 Insider is a help. Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.